apa kabar? Welcome to the Indonesia Saga with V. A podcast talking crap about Indonesia from facts, culture, funny stories, news, travel tips, or just things. Created and purchased by Indonesian from Indonesia, just for you, wherever you are. My name is V. This is episode 31. Welcome to Indonesia, the country of K-popers. Guys, have you listened to the new BTS song? Oh, I have. Um, the butter and the permission to dance, those one. I do listen to it almost every day thanks to social media as well as my neighbor who puts her music player on high volume. Since I live in Indonesia, it's almost impossible to miss the BTS song in a day. However, I'm not going to review their new song because, well, this is not the Korea saga. Instead, I'm intrigued to talk about how BTS and other K-pop stars influence Indonesia. Apart from taking the world's highest daily case of COVID today, Indonesia also takes the title of the biggest K-pop market in the world. So you know, Indonesia is um, a country with you know with many the most the most most the uh, 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 biggest population, the most polluted country, the largest uh, island, the biggest island, some so something like that, you know. So yes, Indonesia is the biggest K-pop market in the world. Has been, always, and probably forever. It's not an assumption, let alone a rumor. Nope. Vote manipulation for the win of BTS for the UFO party? That's a rumor. Or, I guess, I don't know. Seriously, Indonesia is the biggest K-pop market. You know, in 2020, Twitter made research about it. As a result, Indonesia ranked number 4 in the top 20 markets by unique voices on Twitter and number 3 on top 20 markets by Twitter volume. That's something. Twitter is like having four K-pop lovers in Indonesia. So, um, one time a friend of mine showed me her fandom of, on Twitter. I guess she is a fan of a different kind of boy groups, but she is always loyal to BTS. Anyway, so I took a look and the engagement was totally massive. They were supporting their favorite idols or just simply sharing excitement but you know with with a big passion like you cook for a passion something like that and they also share the love with their passion. So I wonder were the Beatles treated like this in their era, or any kind of artists are treated like BTS? 
Pass or other K-pop idols in the world? Huh? Do you have the answer for that? However, these excitement on social media um, was not really bothering actually. It's fine. It's their business. They can do whatever they want. That still did not bother my mind about the K-pop phenomenon in Indonesia. Only until until there there are sometimes or moments of wherever I go or whenever I consume content on any kind of media, I am exposed to K-pop idols, and it's just so tiring. It's like you know, it's like hearing, it's like listening to "All of Me" by John Legend for weeks or "Closer" by Chainsmoker for months. It's just tiring, you know. Um, the face of K-pop idols are everywhere in Jakarta, from billboards to MRT stations. That's because they are now the brand ambassadors of the biggest marketplaces in Indonesia. So I think it's inevitable. I just have to face the reality, accept the 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 so-called faith that I'm not really keen into. And the excitement of the BTS meal in Indonesia was also very crucial. So it made me think This is just how you live someone, someone that you really look up to. But perhaps K-pop idols are almost like their parents, I'm not sure. <laughs> so what is this thing with K-pop fans in Indonesia? I'm a K-pop fan, I think more into the dramas to be honest. I also love BTS music. They're talented, no doubt in that. They make beautiful music. I love them. But what makes me different from other K-pop fans is that I talk with their photos as my wallpaper wallpaper unfold or collect their albums or support them on Twitter nor queuing at McDonald's. No, I don't do all of them. But my friend does that. She puts her favorite member, uh, her favorite BTS member as her wallpaper, makes, makes stickers and everything. But I don't do that. If you say that's because of my age, um, you mean I'm too old to do something like that. Well, my friend is the same age as me, but she still does those kind of things. But I don't know if it's about age. I think that's partly true. So, a sociological survey by Calviva Grower, Roxana Chorcilia, and Nicole Santero was conducted last July to September 2020. But if you ask me who they are, I honestly have no idea. I read the review of the survey in an article by the Korea Times. I will add the link to help with your career so career soul later. Okay. 
Anyway, the survey showed that BTS fans are mostly young girls. I think it's just not BTS fans in general um, outside the survey. I think most most of K-pop fans are young girls. I mean, like based on the survey, we can say under age. To be honest, like let me quote here: over half of the BTS are meaning 50.31% or. 202,704 to be exact, the two part were under 18 years of age. That was the same age when I was fangirling One Direction. Yeah, so I think I can relate. Um, I can relate to their passionate left, their idols, but still I don't even put their. But uh, you know, the face of Harry Styles on my phone. No, that's not my thing. Um, yeah, so I think um, we can understand why young girls below 18 years old do fangirling like that. They have passion. They their emotions are just overwhelming. I don't know. I mean, like it's just a stage of life, right? But um, K-pop fans in Indonesia make fangirling to the next level, or not just, yeah. I, I'm not sure if it's if it happens to, uh, in a, another country too. But um, they here in Indonesia, um, they do something. What I call is weird. Yes, for me it's weird. Um, I can understand when they were willing to queue for BTS meal, but I lost my mind when they also saved the used container. You know that paper, that paper cup and paper um, plate, yeah. So they saved that. They washed them not just just put in a box as a museum collection or even just make a DIY and make it uh, and put it in your Starbucks tumbler so it looks like oh it has a BTS design something like that it's very creative I admit it's very creative but very extreme too <laughs> for me I mean like you 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 have used those those and it's not very hygienic, I think, to save it. But again, we cannot, we cannot judge it because, well, it's just how you love someone. So there is no right or wrong. So um, my curiosity took the toll that made me post it an open question on a forum. It turned out very offensive for K-pop fans in Indonesia asking why they did what they did. So if you are curious, I asked them why do you want to collect the re why do you want to save the used uh, paper containers? And one not all of them are rude, but one of them gave a very rude comment saying saying just go fuck yourself, something like that. <laughs> Well, um, 
I guess that may be my fault too. Either I use what they thought as offensive words or I simply don't understand the concept of fangirling. Yeah, story of my life. K-pop wave in Indonesia um, it's, it's, it's um, not only celebrated by K-pop fans in the country because thanks to K-pop, Indonesia went through a time um, where music industry debuting boy or girl groups. One of the boy groups even imported one of its members from South Korea. I'm being real here, it's true, you can look it up on Google, but um, those groups, both boys and girls, went to doom. (laughs) So they're, they're just gone right now. Because, after all, it's still not the K-pop that people love. So, yeah, that is why it all went to a free fall. With the development of information and communication technology, especially social media, K-pop spreads fast across the country. Almost as fast as COVID-19. Now, then, taken, I hope. What I mean is, People who knew nothing of K-pop before now is a fan of BTS and even crying for watching Korean dramas. So that's amazing, right? K-pop buzz in Indonesia actually did not start with the music. It was rather the dramas in 2000s. Yeah, it was even not Korean. But Chinese and Taiwanese drama that were first imported in Indonesia. Do you know Meteor Garden? That's the first East Asian drama that I watched with my babysitter at that time. <laughs> with my nanny. Um, I think I was in elementary or secondary school. I forgot. Yeah, around 6 to... I think six to ten years old. Um, anyway, so after the uh, Meteor Garden came, Korea adapts the twa- Taiwanese Meteor Garden that became a hit. If you know, that's Boys Before Flower. If you like some cheesy rom com, you may want to check that out. Okay, it's available on Netflix, by the way. Yes, um, but you know, with Voice Over Flowers, Full House, or Autumn in My Heart, um, it became a hit, but not to the point where, where many people are aware of the existence of Korean entertainment. Yeah. The dramas over time have their place in the heart of drama lovers in Indonesia. It's a success for a Korean drama. Because, well, local dramas are tiring. They sucks. Nobody wants to watch Indonesian drama if they... Well... <laughs> and after some time, after the success of Korean dramas, 
The first concert of Korean singer Rain took place in 2005. With that, other Korean idols followed the lead. Um, if you know a big agency in South Korea, um, that's SM Entertainment, when you go to Seoul, you actually can visit their office and go to their museum where you can where you can experience um, as if you're being close to your idols. So, um, SM Entertainment, um, they held a concert in Indonesia that's the in 2012 sorry in 2012 that's that was sm town live world tour and that concert uh, gathered 50,000 fans in indonesia mm-hmm. um we can say that it is indeed the biggest k-pop concert ever held in indonesia so i think that's um that's where this K-pop phenomenon is becoming really big. That time we have Super Junior, that time we have Big Bang, um, what's that, Tra- Girls Generation and other boy groups. They are going international in Indonesia is one of their potential markets. So um, that's where it all begins. You know, um, K-pop fans in Indonesia make me learn new things every day. That's true. There were many concerts in Jakarta. I went to some of them too. Not not K-pop concert. Um, just music concerts by other artists. Yeah, the excitement of K-pop concerts is different. They are louder. I know if it's because um, the participants are young girls with loud voices, I'm not sure. The young K-pop fans would flock to the venue from early morning to get the front spot. You know, the concert usually started at 6 or 7 p.m. and they were willing to to be present to be present at the venue at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. and that's that's something that's unbelievable. We should appreciate their hard work, right? They will bring they would bring banners or trinkets related to their favorite idols, almost like a demonstration in on the streets. <laughs> From what I know, um, the fandom. Uh, their fandom also often arranges a special project to present to their idols during the concert. Um, it's sweet, right? It's sweet, but at the same time, like, wow, I'm not sure if it's also a thing for international K-pop fandom. Like, really, you really passionate, you really loyal to your idols. Makes me all struck. Yeah. But on the other side, these fans of K-pop in Indonesia are not merely fans. Actually, they are also entrepreneurs. K-pop fans in Indonesia are a big market. We've been talking about that. Plus, they're loyal. 
we've known that too. That's why K-pop merchandise business is quite profitable. My friend is one of them. I cannot disclose you her name because um, or she's kind of shy. Anyway, um, yes, she's been a K-pop fan since the beginning. I can sense. I can say since the era of Super Junior, Big Bang, and their batchmates. She uh, sells almost everything. Keychains, albums, photocards, just everything. She also works with an agent in South Korea to buy K-pop merchandise, especially limited ones. When there's a K-pop concert in town, she will build a booth at the venue and sell her own merchandise. Of course, that's not original and violates the copyright. As a result, she and other K-pop entrepreneurs like her have to hide and run from security guards around the venue. But that doesn't make her want to stop though. Well, how can she, when a day profit can reach half of her full month salary as an employee? It's really profitable. You cannot just ignore it. Even the pandemic almost does not affect this K-pop business. Well, yeah, less sales, but not really depressing, you know? Although there is no there is no concert online sales for K-pop merchandise is still going strong. Well, I don't know if it's just my friend or the others are the same. So um, let me be honest to you. The loyalty or excitement of K-pop fans in Indonesia upsets me sometimes. The excitement of the BTS meal created a crowd in spite of the COVID crisis. And how some of them sometimes give rude comments to non-K-pop fans or people curious about their loyalty, that also upsets me. However, despite all, K-pop fandoms should receive a compliment too. Their, their loyalty doesn't only goes into support through social media or by merchandise, no. Um, it's quite often they gather donations in the name of their favorite idols for social causes or just for celebrating their idol's birthday. And it's always a big success, especially when it comes to disaster management, you know? Um, for example, K-Pop for Planet launched a campaign that involved 16 K-Pop fandoms in Indonesia fundraising for victims of the Sulawesi earthquake and Borneo flood. Um, Sulawesi earthquake was last year? I forget. But Borneo flood was the early of this year, yes. And you know what? They raised how much? Can you guess? <laughs> they raised 
thousand U.S. dollar in ten days. One hundred thousand. That was terrific, right? Um, another example is BTS Army in Indonesia made fundraising for online taxi drivers who queued for them for their precious BTS milk. They raised around fifteen thousand USD for them. It's a big tip, big tip indeed. And these drivers, of course, um, they deserve it because you have to wait for two to one to three hours to wait for the BTS meal. So it's. It's just annoying, right? To wait for a long time for a package of mail. So they deserve it. Yeah. Like I said, there is no wrong or right way to love someone. What's right for others may not be suitable for us. That's what I learned from K-pop fans in Indonesia. I also learned. Not to touch both them and their idols. No, I will not try to comment on them to give them a question. No, no matter how much it tickles you. Well, no, I will not. Will there be an end to K-pop wave in Indonesia? I say probably not. At least. We can wait until BTS members go to their military service. I think that will be a crucial time for K-pop wave, not only in Indonesia but also internationally. So, welcome to Indonesia, the country of the most and loudest K-popers. Thank you for getting to know Indonesia. If you like our content, share the podcast or tell your friend about it. Check out our site at www.theindonesiasaga.com. Do you want more of Indonesia? Stay tuned with us for more exciting topics about Indonesia. Until the next episode, terima kasih, sampai jumpa.